In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the owners group. senses and challenge your beliefs a world where science and religion clash or do they you will meet real people and hear real stories but you will not believe you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds but you will not believe this is the new england ghost project welcome to the Time yeah. to call, and I'm here. Yeah, so we're kind of separated today, but, uh, well, you know, that's the way it is. Hey, you know, when you're able to call on phones and, you know, with this new funky age, you can you can do that, right? Right. <laughs> so anyways, I'd like to say uh, hi to Lorraine, one of my uh, posse from the one old Macy's. One of your posses? Yeah, posse from the old Macy's. Hey, Lorraine. Yeah, she always listens to the show. And oh, she's she a brave had, woman, you're saying. Yeah, she, yeah, she had surgery, so she's uh, a little down, but she's doing all right. Well, I hope you feel better, Lorraine. Anyway, um, we got some things coming up. First of all, um, your big thing on was the 14th? September 14th, Sunday. September 14th. Next Sunday, is, yeah. Yeah, and what is um, it? I will be doing a mediumship day where we're doing a training class, a workshop. And uh, for Elizabeth Foley, Divine Healing. Mm-hmm. And that's next Sunday. So uh, I guess if you can go on our NEGP, our New England Ghost Project site, we can, you can uh, link from there, correct? You can definitely link, yep, yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, connected. Also, I believe, what else we got coming up? Uh, oh, God, there's so many things going on. Oh, we're changing, uh, we're changing uh, days. I know, I heard. You told me that earlier. Yeah, I, it's not official yet, but it looks like we will be moving to Wednesdays for some reason. Well, I hope our listeners follow. Really? Really. We have listeners? I Well, at least a couple. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we have actually uh, had our one millionth download of uh, our podcast, which is pretty amazing in itself. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and every so often I get a nice letter from somebody, and I think that's really, really cool. So, anyway, um, we have on the show today, we have uh, a very special young man, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute uh, when he calls in. Uh, What else we got coming up? We have a, oh, just to, to be announced, by the way, on Halloween Eve, we will be at the Eye of the Hawk. Really? Whatever that is. Where's the Eye of Hawk? Oh, brother. I forget. 
<laughs> it's out in Rye somewhere. Yeah, which, Rye Beach area, I think. Yeah, which will be pretty interesting. Um, it's uh, out in Rye, and it's an old house like the 1700s, so we'll be doing a ghost hunt seminar there. Cool. And it'll be Halloween, so we're going to have like a, we'll have a lot of fun that night. Because I kind of want it to be a fun night rather than just a regular old ghost hunt thingy. All right. Sounds cool. No costumes, though. Uh-uh. No? No. I'll come as the queen of pain. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was, think about costumes. <laughs> that was actually funny because uh, last year we, we broadcast live uh, from... Um, the Witch's the, Ball. The Witch's Ball, which is really funny. So Yeah, um, we, went, we went on the way and bought a costume on the way. We mean we, white men. All right, me. <laughs> <laughs> me. Well, that's because it's like, oh, we don't need costumes. Then we you don't. show up with the costume. I had no costume. Yes, you did. You had the black glasses, the hat, the black shirt, and the whole bit, you know. That's just my normal look. Yeah, baloney it was. So you show up with a costume, and what did you do? You guilted me into wearing one. Yeah, whatever. So it actually worked out well, though. It did. Uh, you, you stopped know. and picked. Do you still have it? I do. Okay. Aside from, uh, you know, wearing huge black clogs with a dress, you know. But, hey, one could not be too picky. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even go there. <laughs> and and we all, I also, uh, you're going to be very, very proud of me. Oh, no. What'd you do? Well, I, I uh, went out to uh, coffee with the, uh, the posse. And uh, Lorraine. The posse. Like a, the posse. The okay. girls. And uh, Lorraine, I mentioned, had surgery on her shoulder. Okay. So I did Reiki on her. Very good. I thought you would be proud of me. I am very proud of you. Mm -hmm. So see that? She's going to be healing quickly before she knows it. Really? Really. Yep. And uh, with... Huh? Anyways, the the thing is, um, when I did this Reiki... Right? I thought that... I wasn't sure because, you you know, I just had uh, surgery, right? Open yeah. surgery. So I didn't know how that would affect it. And it actually did. I was surprised. I, it kind of drained me. And I, as I understand, Reiki doesn't really use your own energy. You use, it comes through you. So you were not you. really channeling it. You were giving yours. Mm. you got to be careful. you gotta, you got to make sure that you're pulling through the energy through you and not giving your own. Ah, so that's uh, Yeah, because I actually had to stop because it was just, like, wiping me out. Really? Yeah. Now, see, it shouldn't do that. There's something that you need to revisit and find out why that's happening. Yeah, I will. I will. I will definitely look into it. But I thought it was kind of neat. I mean, she that definitely felt something on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was really surprised because as I, as I thought, the energy really just passes through you like a conduit, and Correct. it doesn't really suck your own energy up like you do. Right. Well, you know what's interesting? Tonight, you know how my daughter, she had eye surgery. Right. Um, and I came here to kind of be with her and help her out, and so I made dinner, and we sat down at the table, and I was sitting at the table, and my hands started getting hot. And it really? started, the energy started without even me doing anything, so I looked at her and said, okay. So she went to lay down, and I said, do you mind if I give you Reiki? Because evidently I'm supposed to. Wait a minute. And I started giving her Reiki. What time was it? What time was it? Um, hang on for one second. It was probably six o'clock. Mm. A little after six. Interesting. Yep. And 
it was uh, very interesting because I said at 6, you know, maybe between 6 and 6.30 because I had supper ready and then she went and lay down. Hmm. So it was very interesting. Okay. By ch- any chance that you logged into the... Uh... The chat? Chat? No. Okay. I'm just I on think, the phone. I think someone should get in here and see what's going on, so I'll see if I can swing over. I'm not good at multitasking, but really? I'll do my darndest. I would anyway. be amazed that you were. So anyways, we have our guest on the line who is the head of the uh, Berkshire Paranormal, a great friend of the New England Ghost Project, and a, a great ghost investigator as well, Mr. Josh Mantello. Mantello, whatever it is. Josh, you there? I'm here. Good evening. Hey, what Josh. Mantello, 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 yeah. Mantello, M-A-N. Yeah, because you're a man, right? That's right, the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, how are you? Uh, very good. How's everybody on your end? Uh, we're here. We're here. We're doing good. Very good. We are. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're healing. You're doing good. You're getting healthy. What more could you ask for? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, uh, Josh, you are the head of the uh, Berkshire Paranormal, and also you are the grand poop bar of the uh, Masons out there at the Hooten Mansion, right? Oh, no. Well, not anymore. I'm a past grand poop bar, or as they call it, a worshipful master, but um, I've kind of passed the reins on there. And I used to be the head of the this group that owned the building, but I've even kind of passed that on my... I guess if I were to have an official title now, it would be the uh, Paranormal Events Coordinators, kind of. Really? Dubbed myself, I guess. Um, you, know, uh-huh. you, know, there's, you know, there's such a buzz around the place now that all the everything that's kind of ghostly and paranormal related will go through me and get scheduled that way. Now, who's running the uh, Berkshire Paranormal? Um, oh, that's still me. Oh. The plate's still full. I still run Berkshire Paranormal and... Um, you know, I, and I just run all the uh, events and everything down at the Houghton Mansion. Oh, okay. So um, what have you guys been up to, I mean, as far as the... Well, first of all, I, I, do you want to make the big announcement now, or do you want to... Yeah, oh, let's, let's bring it out. Oh, well, um, I'd like to invite everybody and all your listeners up to the Houghton Mansion on um, November 1st. Uh, we're going to... Saturday, November 1st. Uh, for uh, an event we're calling a Houghton Night with the Spirit. Um, it's going to be kind of an all-afternoon, all-night event um, with a very good lineup of speakers, um, a couple films, TV shows we're going to be watching, and as the night goes on, when the sun sets and as it gets dark, we're going to open up the building and let everybody kind of wander free for a few hours into the late-night hours and actually do some investigating and get out into the haunted parts of the building and hopefully experience some things on their own. Right. Cool. I mean, if 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 people don't know the Hooten Mansion, it's, it's simply an amazing place. It's Houghton. Whatever. <laughs> you say Houghton, I say Houghton. <laughs> there's always something going on there. Wow. It, now, that's cool. Um, it just works out that, unfortunately, I wish I could be there. But, but I uh, will. I know you will, but maybe it's meant to be that I'm not there. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the building never um, never lets us down. Uh, I can cannot think of an event where we've held something where somebody didn't experience something. Um, you know, there's always, somebody will always go home with some sort of story about, you know, their new encounter with a paranormal because the, the building knows when it's time to act, I guess. I don't really know how else to describe it. 
Well, maybe just this gets very active, just having the attention brought to it and the fact that, you know, wanting to communicate, just, you know, having people brought in for that intent adds more energy to it. Yeah, we've had groups of 80 to 100 people, you know, inside that building at once and, you know, people telling us how they, they were, they, they've been touched and getting, you know, some really awesome pictures, you know, of uh, different anomalies. It's just amazing, you know, the, the stuff that happens, you know, some of the you know, most well-known investigators in the world uh, have have been in and out and have all experienced something. Uh, that's uh, that's it's true. I mean, it is always every time we've been there, and you always had something different. Uh, you know, I mean, the psychomanthium chambers. You still have that upper. That's still there. There's still a room with a chair. You know, if anybody ever really wants to venture into it, that's still uh, that room's not being used for anything else. I mean, it's really really cool. It. At the um, uh, last contact, that was an event that you and I used to run together, uh, Maureen and I went into this little room built for one, and we did a podcast there. Remember that, Maureen? Oh, I remember it very well. You do? Oh, I do. In fact, if you go on, I believe, iTunes or on the uh, Ghost Village site, uh, in fact, the Ghost Village site is better because it has a nice picture of you on it. Oh, yes. I remember that picture when she came out. Are you kidding me? Is that still there? Of course it is. Ah, you guys uh, are horrible. I'm telling what? you, that that looked. Well, I'm not even going to say what it looked like, but it didn't look pretty. Put it that way. My <laughs> hair was muffed all over the place. Yeah, it looked like we had a good time, but I know I was trying to avoid that kind of conversation. Yeah, wow. like I said, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, nothing um, happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. Let us tell our reader. Well, actually, they can just <laughs> listen to it, and they can see what happened. That's not exactly true. Something well, did happen. nothing. Let's see. Everything paranormal and nothing else. Okay. Fine. Be there. <laughs> Anyways, Josh, <laughs> uh, you just they just recently shot a uh, TV show there at the Hooten Mansion. Um, yes, that's right. Um, it's a, Get out of town. Yeah. Uh, it's a new show that's going to be coming out on Travel Channel. Um, starting, I believe, their first air date is October 17th at 9 p.m. Um, it's called Ghost Adventures. If anybody's ever seen the film documentary called Ghost Adventures, that was on sci-fi for um, quite a while. It's the same crew, um, kind of a little bit more uh, uh, TV-orientated, um, and their, uh, their thing is they, they go to haunted locations around the world, and get locked in. Uh, we actually physically put um, deadbolt locks on the outside of the doors at the Houghton Mansion and locked them in for the evening. And oh my God! Put them under lock and key, and I came back at sunrise and let them out. So are I they still, still happy? <laughs> um, when they came out, they they uh, said it was. A, they said stuff happened. They, they wouldn't tell me what. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I actually got a message from one of the from one of the cast members last night who said he just saw his, the episode and they said it came out really great. So, oh, cool. Um, I don't know our exact air date yet. Um, I know we were one of the first episodes shot, so we might be one of the first ones aired. Um, so maybe Halloween night or the second or third week in November will probably be on. So I'd keep, keep an eye on the Travel Channel for that. Oh, cool. You have to keep us posted. Now, th- this group of guys that went in there, they're not like your everyday normal ghost investigators. No, they um they kind of call themselves um more extreme ghost hunting, I guess. <laughs> um, 
And what does that mean? I, 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 it, I guess it kind of means what it says. They, um, they take a very, um, they, they only go to some of the most well-known haunted places, you know, the, the places, places that are known to have, you know, a lot of really great um, activity. Um, maybe even some, a lot of the places that aren't so friendly. Um, not that the Houghton Mansion is that way. We're, we have friendly ghosts, I guess. Really? Oh, friendly and cranky. Yeah, right. Mr. Houghton's cranky. Don't ask my opinion. <laughs> but, um, friendly? Friendly, yeah. That's what I would consider Mr. Friendly? Houghton. But hey. <laughs> but, um. You say tomorrow, I say you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, you know, they... They they work with no crew. It's just them, the three of them. No sound engineers, no cameramen. They run their own cameras while they're in there. It's just the three of them locked in the building for, however, from sunset to sunrise. So, very neat. Um, but for those of you who plan on attending November first, um, I have gotten permission from the producers of the show that with your donation for admission into the event on November first, we will have the show to air, um, the show. Oh, you're kidding me. Um, Way cool. So even if it hasn't been on Travel Channel yet, you can come and see it at the Owen Mansion prior to its actual um, air date, if it does, doesn't air by then. But we do have permission to, uh, to show it with your donation for, with admission into the uh, November 1st event. Wow, very good. Yeah, now, uh, what is the suggested donation uh, for this special night here at the Hooten Mansion? Which, by the way, the money goes to pay for the the heating of that monstrosity, correct? Of course. Um, Heating, and I'm sure with everybody right now, is a huge concern up here in the Northeast as we get closer to the winter months. And with us, it's no different. we got a three-floor, you know, 30-something room mansion to try and heat. And... We're honestly not sure if we're even going to be able to um, to do it this year. Um, there's even talks about just locking it up, draining all the water out, and letting it freeze for three months. But um, that, that's what the all that money will go to is the um, the upkeep and really the heat to the uh, building. Um, you know, it's it's a massive place, and we only heat half of it, and it still runs us thousands and thousands of dollars a year. Um, we'll burn, especially with the cost of oil going up the way it is. We'll, on the coldest days, we burn about 25 gallons a day. So that, oh my goodness! You know, that's a lot of it's a lot of change just getting dumped out into those pipes. So, yeah. you know, when yeah. we do these, and that's why I chose November 1st. Um, secondly, because it is the day after Halloween, so you know, I'm, I'm trying to stick with the season. And then it's also, you know, our kind of our last chance before the building really starts to get cold, and uh, hopefully we can get some heat into it. Yeah, so we'll be heated that night, right? I hope so. <laughs> what do you care? You're not going to be there. <laughs> I'm only thinking of you, Ron. Well, the third floor is always cold. For anybody who does attend and those who have attended before, that they know that you know the third floor is unheated and slightly insulated. So, so, so bring your warm clothes. Bring, right? a, bring a jacket if, when you there want. You when it's time to investigate and go up onto the third floor. Yeah, right. and for those listeners who haven't been there, I mean, it is—it's an amazing and it's a beautiful building. And even if it wasn't haunted, it'd just be an excellent place to go check out for, you know, historical value. Oh, it, but exactly. But it definitely yeah. is haunted. Yeah, we, right. I mean, uh, we first met up with you guys. Uh, you didn't even have a ghost group at that time. Uh, I believe there was an author by the name of Sherry Rivera who was writing about uh, haunted places in Massachusetts. She wanted to write about the Hooten Mansion. Yep. And uh, your father, Nick, uh, called us up and decided to have an investigation done to see, you know, if it really was haunted. 
even though all of these stories said that it was. And we came down and we did an, an investigation. And, and after that, we've become uh, pretty good friends, I think. Yeah, I mean, yep. Uh, we were fascinated after that night, and we kind of started our own group. And uh, the Wingman Ghost Project was really instrumental in, you know, getting us going. And it's been an upward spiral ever since, I guess. Um, it's amazing how everything has grown and changed and, and what it's, you know, accumulated to. It's it's just fantastic. And, you know, and we've really done a lot for the building, too. I mean, at the same time, everybody in the group, our, our, our um, brothers, were masons in the lodge. So at the same time, you know, we're, 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 we have our own hobby that we're working on, but we're, we're helping our lodge at the same time, you know, in the best way we know how. Um, we, the publicity that we've been able to, to drum up for the place, you know, to get people in to do sleepovers and tours and, and come to these events has been great. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're in this month's um, Yankee Magazine. If you get this month's or Yankee Magazine, there's a, a small picture um, essay about the Houghton Mansion, a little um, excerpt about us. Yeah, now um, the ghost hunters have even been there a couple times, I believe. Yep, we... Um, we occasionally um, do events with um, Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters and Taps. Um, they're getting increasingly more difficult to um, to book um, just because of production schedules and popularity alone. Uh, so, but they have worked up there um, on an event basis only. They haven't actually really investigated or done a show. Everybody always asks me because they saw them there. They want to know when the show's going to be on them. Just on a promotional and event basis wise, they've been up three times. Um, great guys. They've even had um, great um, personal experiences there. Um, actually, one of the pictures that they took that they weren't able to debunk, and if you know them, they debunk a lot of stuff. Um, made it into their um, most recent book. You know, because you know, it's great shooting orb shot that you really can't explain. Ah, very good. So it did. It made it into the book then. So yeah. for. The listeners, they can uh, take view it. Is the book out already? Um, yeah, I believe it's Ghost Hunting um, by Jay Hawes and Grant Wilson, and they have a co-writer with them. I, sorry, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, he's a guy who writes for science fiction books normally. Yeah. Oh, is that the? I think I bought that book. I think Ron still has it. I do. But, but um, yeah. in the picture section, there's a picture of the third floor um, stairwell um, with a kind of a J-looking orb, you know, bright orb. That almost makes the shape of a J that was taken in the Hoenn Mansion. Hmm. Um, now, I mean, I, one of the, we've had a lot of great experiences there, but uh, one of the things that always intrigued me uh, for an experience that happened to me personally was the first investigation we did there, and uh, we were up on the roof, and it had rained earlier, and there were, like, puddles and everything else. And I believe, I'm trying to think who I was with, not Scott, it was Greg. Yes, Greg. Greg. And we were up there, and we were just uh, hanging out and looking at uh, all the steeples and the mountains up in uh, North Adams. And it was time for us to leave, and we started walking uh, back towards the uh, door. Then all of a sudden, we heard these footsteps behind us splashing through the water. And I started the turn, and this cold breeze went by, and my EMF meter went off. I mean, it was pretty cool. It was like, you know, someone just went right through us. Yep. Um, probably one of my, my favorite events. That, that happened um, to me personally was when you were there also. Um, and we were there with Tom D'Agostino and his wife, and we were sitting down in the basement. And ever since this night, we, we spend a lot of time in the basement trying to uh, to capture something. Um, 
I, we were sitting in there in the dark at about three in the morning and pitch, pitch dark. And, you know, all our eyes are nice and dilated. And, you know, we were kind of seeing a lot of the little lights shooting around. And, oh, yeah, that was, you know, I was kind of having feeling a real weird feeling come over my head. And Ron, you end up blinding me. You take a picture and your flash and my pupils dilated. It, it blinded <laughs> me for, you know, a moment. And I had a few choice words, I think. But. <laughs> And, and, and the three of you sitting across from me are like, Josh, you didn't see that. And I'm like, what do you mean I didn't see that? I, didn't, I don't see anything anymore, Ron. Just blinded me. And um, the um, they were all telling me how you could see my face, how it almost looked like somebody was putting a flashlight on my face. And I, that was kind of a interesting experience after that. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. That was a cool night. I don't know what the heck time was. And even after that, we had... Uh, we try to take some temperature uh, readings and everything. Uh, and we it got real some, cold. If yeah, I remember correctly, yeah. it got very cold. And we were sitting in metal chairs, and we actually touched the metal chairs, and they were ice cold to touch. I mean, like, like they've been in a freezer. Yeah, it was. And we, we, like I said, we were able to measure some of that. But it is a really cool place. You've got an electric chair there, which is really cool. Yep, the old, um, the old creepy-looking electric chair, the old bed of nails. Um, you know, there's a lot of just cool features. You know, everybody always asks me, it's like a tourist destination. Let me go see the old electric chair. I'm like, it's not haunted. We just want to go see it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's cause, you know, it's almost like a, you know, a tourist spot now. Yeah. Now, um, what, on this back to, uh, November 1st night, do, uh, who do you have coming in for, uh, this event? Oh, right. Um, for besides, that event, yourself. besides yourself and who else do we need? Oh God! Don't he yeah, doesn't need his ego guy. inflated anymore, Josh. Um, we will have Paul Leskowitz, a member of my group, who's um, who's going to be who just um, collaborated with a book called Berkshire Ghost Legends and Lore. Um, I believe he's going to be talking about that. Um, you know, different legends and ghost stories from around the Berkshires here. Um, I'm going to be speaking, and I still don't quite know what I'm going to be speaking about. Um, I'll probably figure it out. Like an hour before I started. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, I've seen your, your talks before, and they're pretty cool. I mean, you did a great one on uh, what's real and what's not, uh, OBS and stuff. It was yeah, kind of cool. I, I think it's gonna, I'm going to debate. It's going to see, I think, maybe who I have for a group. If, if a lot of people have already seen me do that one already, I won't do it again. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm up and we're still debating on that one. Um, yep. I have a gentleman named Eric Martin. He is the lead investigator and founder of the Eastern Paranormal Research Society. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. EPRS, I think I got the uh, abbreviations right. Um, he's which is based out of Gettysburg, and he's going to be talking about paranormal investigating in a scientific approach. Mm. Um, he's been doing. He's I don't know the name of it. He's currently writing a book. Um, he's going to be getting published shortly um, about the same thing that he's going to be speaking about. Uh, we are going to be viewing a movie called, or a film documentary called Shadows of the Dark, um, done by uh, Dan Leroy and Tim, Tim, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, I'm sorry, Tim C., I can't think of his last name now. That's all right. Um, from the Paranormal Research Society in New England, um, those who might be familiar with it is um, the group headed by John Zaffis. Um, these gentlemen are kind of the the guys underneath him who, who run the group for him. John's usually pretty busy, but they're doing a they, they're making a film documentary um, called Shadows of the Dark um, about a a very active um, 
investigation they did in Worcester at a hotel. Oh, wow. Well, you want to hold that thought, uh, Josh, because we got to take a break right now. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet with Ron Kolick and Maureen Wood, and we'll be right back after these messages on Tojinet. Whatever happened to Peggy Sue? She was 17 when Buddy Holly wrote the song that changed her life, Buddy Holly's hit song, Peggy Sue. Tragedy struck on February 3, 1959, when Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. Peggy Sue's whole world crashed as well, and now Peggy Sue is telling her story. The whole controversial story, it's the real story, about a relationship with Buddy and the real story of her marriage to Buddy's best friend and a drummer in the band. A marriage that was filled with emotion and physical abuse. It's the autobiography of Peggy Sue Guerin called Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue. And now, Peggy Sue is reaching out to women who feel trapped in a marriage of physical abuse. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has named Peggy Sue as one of its main spokespersons and to host a new domestic violence radio show on Togenet.com. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue is available on the web at PeggySueOnline.com and at national bookstores. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue, published by Togi Entertainment. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on Tojinet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on Tojinet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you there. It's kind of tough when I'm not sitting next to you, you know? Yeah, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojanet with Ron Kolick and Maureen Wood, and our special guest is Josh Montello of the Berkshire Paranormal in the Hooten Mansion, and we're talking about a special evening we're having November 1st at the... Mansion and speaking of evening, what 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 time is it with this thing that are? Oh, yeah, running? we're gonna we're gonna probably open the doors at noon with uh, registration, and the first speaker will probably start off at one in the afternoon, and we're gonna take a dinner break probably around five or five thirty uh, for about a half hour, forty five minutes. Have a couple more um, speakers after dinner or a movie. Um, I don't have the schedule exactly out yet, and. I'm hoping sometime around 9.30, 10 o'clock, we're going to just let people wander free and investigate around the mansion as they please. And that'll probably run till about 1 a.m. or maybe a little bit later. Uh, i got to bring my pajamas in. That's right. Bring your pajamas and we'll all sleep over. It'll be lots of fun. Okay, while we were on break, we received a uh, question in the chat room. It's kind of interesting when I think that I want to bring it out and uh, have you, you and Marvin comment on it. It was by Le- from Leslie, and it says, speaking of what is real and what is not, uh, I was thinking the other day, which can be a little frightening, <laughs> talks <laughs> like me, <laughs> but I thought maybe Ron or Maureen or Josh would have an opinion on the subject. We all have an inner dialogue, but sometimes I receive messages from someone other than myself in my head. So here is the question. If the criminal says, ah, they moved it on me. How could they do that? Here we go. 
if the criminal says, the voices told me to do it, or the devil made me do it, isn't it possible that they are telling the truth? Uh. Who wants to grab this one first? And actually, uh, let, me, let me go to Josh, because he is in law enforcement himself. He is a police officer in the town of, uh, the beautiful town of uh, North Adams. Um, boy, as a law enforcement official, I would probably tell him, uh, that's too bad. I don't, I can't interview the voice in your head. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good point, and, um, you know, it's hard to say, really. You know, there's so many logical explanations, I guess you could say, you know, from multiple personality disorder and all that, to, but at the same time, I, I'll stand in an empty room and try and talk to a ghost that's not there either, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to say, you know, if, if they're telling me the truth or not? And I guess we, we really won't know. Um, if, if there is some sort of possession or something like that, um, who's to say if what's a mental disorder or what a you know a true you know some sort of possession, something going in and actually um, influencing their mind um, at this point in time, it's really impossible to tell. Right, uh, Maureen. Yeah, well, that brings up a whole lot of uh, discussion, I think. Um, Josh, you know, hit on the head, without some kind of psychological evaluation, right, sometimes it's difficult. However, I don't believe that today, even today, that a lot of psychologists are even thinking that it's possible possession. No, um, I, I don't think they're, they've opened themselves up yet to that, um, that possibility. <laughs> now, as far as knowing, I mean, I think that somebody who has maybe worked with, you know, a lot of energies might pick up if somebody else is is actually of sane mind or is maybe influenced by some sort of possession. I think there are certainly ways you can feel it. Um, you know, growing up and actually experience, experiencing being around some people that, you know, were in a my mental institution, uh, visiting somebody there and walking through, it was bizarre because that was the first time I remember thinking that, geez, you know, some of these people staring back, it was almost as if somebody was evil you, know, you could feel this, you know, this evilness out of certain people, and it wasn't everyone. Some of them, they were, they didn't feel, they just felt like they were lost. And others, it's almost as if something, when they were lost, came in. Um, so, yeah, I definitely believe that people who are in mental institutions and so forth, you know, committed crimes, and some of them may have possessions that have come into it. As far as someone hearing voices, if I'm hearing something, I know that I'm going to listen to my heart and say, is it something true that I feel in my heart is good, or is it something bad? I mean, that's I think ultimately what you need to do. Yeah, I think, you know, the the human mind is so complex. And was, you know, even the doctors still don't completely understand how it works. So, You right. know, what's really, really interesting is uh, I served on the Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board for, oh, about four years. And it's, it's a board made up of uh, different people within the organization, doctors, lawyers, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists, and they all knew that I was a, a ghost hunter, and we would always get into these philosophic discussions, and one of them was about this specific topic, if, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist could recognize a voice from the other side, and they all said, no, they really couldn't, uh, because it doesn't fit into the, the molds that they're, they're taught uh, with. Right. Yeah, so it, it would be difficult. Uh, they all, you know, admit that it could be, you know, it, they could be real voices, but uh, 
it's that's outside their realm, really. It's you know, if they if someone's telling they're hearing voices, then they're pretty much dismissed as is they're not real voices. So even though they admitted that they they very well could be uh, within their profession, uh, they can't admit to it or even right. you know entertain it. So well, I think, think that about was pretty it. interesting. What does it matter to them? I hate to say it, but if they're not able to help the person because they don't have the ability to recognize it or maybe, you know, fix it, they drug the person down to the point of being submissive so that they're not as dangerous. So right, but they're I mean... Treating it... a, you know, they're not treating the root of the cause of the problem, but yet they're just kind of dulling the senses to keep that person in line. Not necessarily. I mean, yes, yes, if you use drugs, but I mean, they also use uh, therapy as well. So, I mean... Well, yeah, it's... think of what they used to use, shock therapy, a lot of times. No, we're talking about psychological therapy. You must be always going on the dark side. Well, you know, unfortunately, they, they go hand in hand. No, they don't. They really don't. I mean, it, it is an enlightened world, you know. We're not back in the dark ages. Uh, we don't I do understand lo- that. We don't do lobotomies anymore, you know. They don't do them anymore, but that doesn't say they didn't do them. So I'm not just talking about today. I'm talking about in Yeah, but know, we are talking about this is the question was, was about today. What What is happening today if someone does this. I mean, you know yourself, uh, when we did the uh, Great Court Castle, mm-hmm. and that used to be a, a drug rehabilitation center. You know the darkness that was there. Right. And, and those people who are, are just, like, open because I think that if there is an evil, it, it knows that it can get away with stuff because people will fail to recognize it. Yep. You know so, what I'm I mean, so you're admitting that there is darkness? Because, I mean, evidently you don't I'm want to touch it. Of course I'm admitting darkness. Of course I'm admitting darkness. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying that you, 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 I thought you were saying that, you know, you know that the, the psychological world today doesn't... Uh, no, you know, no, I'm just saying using... that it doesn't always recognize it. And then a lot of times they, they run to put medicine to people that, you know, a drug was a, is a quick fix. Yeah, in in some cases, right. But even even when they use uh, therapy, uh, you know, sessions and so forth, uh, they're still not really dealing with the problem, but they're dealing with it as they know how. Right. I'm not saying it's good or bad, Ron. What I am saying is through my own experience of visiting this person that I did, um, they had been having epileptic seizures, and they had some problems with their memory and so forth, and the way they treated it at that time, and we're talking probably you know, 25, 30 years ago, yes, they went and they drugged the person down. Right. And then once the person's been drugged, eventually they need to continue being drugged because they can't exist without it. So Right. I mean, that's very similar to uh, the, the ADD or whatever, the EDD or whatever the hell it is today. That, right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean you know, has it changed? I would hope it has, but I will tell you the yeah. same person is still being drugged today. Right. So if, if they have all this ability to... To you know, recognize issues and so forth. Then you know, nothing really was done except for let's keep them in line. Well, see, that's basically what I was 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 trying to explain that they aren't really equipped to deal with the paranormal. Right. So if they are being uh, hearing voices from a, a negativity or a, a demonic thing, then mm-hmm. uh, the the community doesn't recognize it. So therefore, they're treating it the, the way they would a normal uh, psychological disease. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not disagreeing. Uh, we have another question. Somebody sent in, how many, how many people are tossed on medication even if they don't necessarily need it these days? 
my own MD wanted me not to go to a psychiatrist as they would just put me on major drugs. Uh, well, that's a good point, though. Think about it. I mean, how many times do you hear people saying that nowadays because of stress that they're thrown on some kind of antidepressant? Right, but once again, the antidepressants do work. I know several people that take antidepressants. Ah, and several it, people. Yes, I understand that, but do you think that every person needs them? No, no, not what I'm saying, but we can't condemn the whole system. No, no, you're not condemning of, it, though. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It does help a lot of people. No, but it I don't does. Know how are we getting to a, the, the I don't know, medical uh, kind of thing. That was a question. Someone asked a question. <laughs> I, who the hell asked that question? I'm going to pay them for the chat room. <laughs> hey, I'm no, not looking at TogiNet website, so I can't tell you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Somebody's got it. Anyway. Uh, so, Josh, you're still there, or we lose you with this? I'm sorry, Josh. I'm still here. I'm still in this it philosophical all uh, <laughs> debate. <laughs> sorry about that, but um, the, the gist of it is, is that uh, there is, if you don't believe in evil and you don't try to treat evil or, or not even evil, but even uh, uh, say someone is a psychic or, or a medium, excuse me, I always get the two mixed up, but it is a medium, and they're hearing voices, if they don't believe in it, then they may be treating them wrongly. That was the, the gist of this. Right. Yeah. And, and also, if you believe that evil preys on a weakness or a weak mind, then yes, there is, certainly could be people that are here that are dealing with evil. But anyways, I don't know where the hell we got now, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, Number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or join us in the Toji chat room with these great philosophical questions that you're throwing at us. Okay, so Josh, yeah. November 1st is a donation to get in there? Yes. Is there a, an amount that you would like to see? I mean, is there a... A no. half a million would be fine. A half, yeah, a half a million <laughs> donation would be awesome. Anybody, we'll give you the building for the whole night if you want. Um, the suggested donation for the evening is $35. Okay. Um, oh, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, we're trying out. I understand, you know, the times now, and other people have to heat their own houses. Um, you know, I'm trying to keep it um, as affordable as and entertaining as possible for everybody. Um, I, few people I still haven't been able to mention. Um, we also will be having. I mentioned we're going to have the Shadows of the Dark documentary being shown, mm -hmm. um, as well as what, what is showing, that Shadows of the Dark? Shadows of the Dark. It's um, a documentary about a haunted hotel in Worcester that the Paranormal Research Society, New England, um, investigated. They said it was a incredible haunting, um, good enough that they wanted to make a documentary about it. Really? So um, we're going to be viewing that. Uh, we'll be viewing the Houghton Mansion episode of Ghost Adventures, the Travel Channel show. And, Ron, you'll be speaking. And we will also have... Um, I, I also will have the Chippendales with me. The oh, God, yeah, yeah right. And my backup dancers. The men? Oh, yeah. Okay, but then maybe I'll my change my dancers. plans and I'll go anyway. <laughs> they're my backup dancers. And um, and Jeff Belanger will be joining us for the day, too, So from ghostvillage.com and writer of many great books. Oh, great. very good. And, uh, well, uh, one quick question on that. Uh, well, we'll get we'll finish with Josh with the lineup before we get interrupted on that. Go ahead. Oh, that was. I think that's it. Okay, ahead everybody. So that that should a lot of be able to be a lot of fun, and uh, the price is certainly reasonable. I mean, you can't go anywhere for thirty five bucks. I mean, you know, if you go to uh, out to eat, you blow that for sure. 
I mean, what's McDonald's? You go out to McDonald's, it costs you like 15 bucks. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, somebody asked uh, the voice. We, we, we talked about the demonic voices and, and, and uh, um, negative voices. Well, what about angels, somebody said, uh, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I believe, yeah, you could hear an angel. If you believe a guardian angel is a spirit that comes down from heaven, uh, then certainly I believe in that. Josh, what about you? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think there's good and evil out there um, showing itself in, in a lot of different ways, um, both you know, in hauntings and, you know, like we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, the voices in your head. Um, I, I personally, been, you know, I'll try and stay away from the evil stuff just because I'm really not equipped, you know, to, to really deal with it. And I haven't been doing this really long enough to feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a laugh because when you, when Chronicle did a little uh, piece on you guys, and there was old Nick with his uh, holy water saying, "Yeah, Give me a good investigation." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. But uh, now, how many people in the group now, Josh? Um, let's see. Wow, we are up to about eight full time, and I think you know maybe. Two um, associate members who kind of just work with us and um, are still kind of learning the ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're keeping it pretty um, low key. We're, you know, I get tons of emails. You know, everybody asking them, you know, if they can join. And you know, we don't really investigate enough to really facilitate the need for twenty investigators in the group. You know, so we we keep it pretty um, a low number of a close knit group where we can all call each other and be in easy communications with each other all the time. Right. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's we do very similar to that. We try to keep the, the numbers just because it makes it much easier to investigate a place. You do, if you have a larger number, it's, it's you have to keep track of where they are all the time. Oh, that, and then, you know, you, you don't want to worry about hurting someone's feelings. You know, oh, well, we don't need you tonight, you know, so you, you can't come, you know. So this way... We're all so busy that usually we can only, out of the, the group we have, we can usually only get five or six together on any given night anyway, so we never really have that problem. You know, there's right. there's even times where I've had to kind of scrounge around and, and kind of beg and plead, come on, I need a third per- I need a fourth person for this investigation. Come on, I need a fifth person. Let's go. You know, we're, we're scrounging around, so. Now, what's the uh, latest investigation you guys have done? Um, the, the latest one we've done... Um, was a place called the Sawyer Mansion in Whitingham, Vermont. Um, a great place. Um, it's eventually going to be a bed and breakfast, um, so everybody's going to be able to go and stay there. It's currently just being um, a residence. Um, it's actually bigger than the Houghton Mansion. Um, so really? Those of you who have been to the Houghton Mansion and, and been to our place, um, to compare this Sawyer Mansion to the Houghton Mansion, it's, it's bigger. I mean, it had nine staircases. 30-something oh rooms that was amazing, but it's really run down, and the new owners are going through and redoing every single room. You know, they've torn out all the electricity, all the plumbing, everything, and they're, re- they're redoing it. You know, they, they tore it down to studs, and they're rebuilding it and making a beautiful bed and breakfast. But um, it's, it was built in the 1800, mid-1800s. It was in the same family, the Sawyers, um, until this family just bought it. 
Um, so 200 years of you know history. You know, oh wow! You know, with, with this one family who was a prominent family in, in the Whittingham community, there was a murder there in the 1800s. Um, kind of, it was uh, actually made a, a press. I do. It was a hard murder to research, actually, believe it or not. And really? the only press, out, only information I was able to find about this murder was actually in the Boston Globe, where they did an expose about it because the, there was such um, scandal in it um, between the witnesses and who actually did the killing and um, people reversing their testimony and the stand in the Superior Court of Vermont that it actually made the press down in Boston. Um, and there was an actual section of the uh, house where there's still the evidence tape stuck to the door. Oh, yeah. from, from the oh. murder. So, amazing place. We um, Did you find anything there when you investigated? We did. Um, we, we got a, a great handful of EVPs. There's one that's probably the best EVP we've ever captured. In. Um, it was captured by Paul Leskowitz. We were doing kind of the pre-investigation walkthrough, and he audiotaped the, the whole walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And there's one part where the homeowner, who she's, um, she's from South Africa, so she's got um, kind of a British accent, the best way to compare the South African accent. It sounds very British. Right. Like her and, a, and a, a few other people walking through, and you hear her saying, and in this room you can see where I've really cleaned up the place. And then Paul says, it's beautiful. But right in between her saying, I've really cleaned up, and him saying, it's beautiful, you hear another woman go, thank you. Really? Oh. Clear as day, crystal clear, thank you. Oh, that's cool. Um there was another EVP I was investigating with with our investigator Scott. Um, we're down in the main area of the room, and you can hear a like a, a whistle almost come over the recording. Go, it almost sounded like somebody um, holding a pitch. Um, we had quite a few EVPs. I'm trying to think of all the ones we got. You don't um, you don't think that could have been some type of feedback uh, from mm, the recorder? No, we've it was it, it almost has a voice down to it. It, oh, wasn't, okay. it wasn't that kind of feedback. It almost sounded mm-hmm. like somebody carrying a tune or, or along those lines. Um, in the stairwell, the evidence stairwell, like we call it, it's a, a stairwell that's blocked off now, but you can still get to the bottom half of it. And the door that leads to it still has the evidence tape on it, so we kind of nicknamed it the evidence stairwell. Um, we were recording in there, and I said, is this where you died? And um, something comes back and says, shot. Ooh. Um, even though... Um, when we did the research on it, the, the person who was murdered was actually um, had his head crushed in with a pipe. Oh, but um, that'll leave a mark. Yeah. Well, maybe it was you know it's a shot to the head. You know, Might have been. You know, yeah. Somebody, you don't you know, know. You give somebody a punch to the head, they'll say they gave me a shot to the head. So. Might have felt like a shot. You far you know. Yeah. Um, I was on the, the the top. They have a ballroom on the third floor. A ballroom up on the third floor, and we were up there, and I could hear whistling. Um. I was up there with Scott. He was my partner pretty much for that night. And um, there's a little girl that people think they see up there. The, um, the owners have a friend who um, claims to be clairvoyant. Um, and she said she went up there and she, and she came back down. She goes, do you have a daughter? She goes, no, we don't have a daughter. She goes, well, there's, who's a the little girl dancing in the upstairs? Really? And she's like, well, we don't know. But while we were up there, we started hearing some rustling around and some movement from uh, that ballroom area. And so I go over, and we're looking at, you know, quiet. It's the middle of nowhere of Vermont. It's really a, a very small town of, like, 400 people. Very, you, know, you know, there's very no, there's no city noise. There's no street noise, nothing like that. And um, I could hear somebody whistling from the room next to us. Just, you know, a, a, a real clear whistling. And I look at Scott, 
And he just kind of has this look on his face, and he's shaking his head, and he just goes, you heard, it, you heard that too. So we both heard the person whistling. And then um, I kind of, had, it was dark up there because they're renovating the building. There's no electricity in that third floor whatsoever, none. So your EMF, it's great for EMF work because there's, there should be no um, natural EMF. And so when we're up there, and I'm using a K2 EMF meter just because it was so dark, my digital one, I couldn't really see the readings on it, and the, the K2 just flashes when you're in the field. Um, I'm standing there, and I go, come on, come back. I want to hear you whistle again. Can I hear you again? And out of the corner of my eye, I almost ignored it. I almost forgot that I even had the meter, but it started flashing away. Oh, wow. So I look over, and I go, Scott, look at my meter. And, you know, the, the K2 is flashing away. And as I, I go, is that you? Is that you standing next to me? And as soon as I acknowledge it, it disappears. Huh. It's gone, and we can't find any more readings anywhere in that entire you know area of the house. Now, Josh, how comfortable are the new owners with having paranormal activity? They're, in there? they're pretty comfortable with it. Now that we've kind of told them, I go, nothing really seems to be um, aggressive or bad. I think they wanted um, just kind of some understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what prompted them to call you guys? Um, they they had they don't stay there now. They were uh, they might now actually, but at the time they um, they were still living at the regular house in Connecticut because that's where they work. And um, they have a live-in carpenter contractor who just lives there and does all their work for them. And he, um, he hey, I hear an EVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, he had been telling us how he hears somebody walking around on the second floor when he's down on the first floor, and he had told him all the stories. They had asked around about it, and, and you know, they had experienced a few things while they were there because they still spend the weekends there. The, the, the the wife had um, seen somebody, uh, oh, uh, some, uh, someone standing outside the on the porch, you know, when nobody was there, and, and all stuff along those lines. So it was really, um, you know, a great investigation. We're probably going to be going back. That's to be one of the places where we want to go back over and over again and continually research, just because it's that active. Now, do you think that when they finally um, get the bed and breakfast, you know, built or restored to that point? that they will advertise it as a haunted location, or are they just going to kind of keep that? Um, I, I, I told them, I go, you know, that is obviously an option for them. Right. Know, because there are plenty of bed and breakfasts and, and um, haunted places that, that, that capitalize on this type of stuff. And um, I don't think they've really made that decision yet, you know. Um, uh, if I was a bed and breakfast owner, I would. Right. If you go back in there, uh, Josh, let me know. I'd love to go with you. Yeah, um, we haven't really scheduled much yet. I just got a few um, requests for some places over in next, next town over in Williamstown. No, I mean, if you ever go back to that place. Yeah, um, we probably, I'm sure we will be. Um, and I'll let you know because it's, it's definitely big enough. You're, you can bring tons of investigators to that place and, and not run out of space. It was amazing. So It was such a big mansion. Okay, we also had another question on the chat room. This one was about the Hooten Mansion, and I kind of answered it, but why don't we throw it to you? It says, were there any murders at the uh, Hooten Mansion? And basically, uh, I said I didn't think so, but I would check with you. No, none that we're aware of. Um, we, we believe you know, we have our, our three spirits. Being um, Mr. Houghton, uh Mary Houghton, his daughter, and the chauffeur John Witters, um, being all our resident ghosts, I would um, agree. <laughs> what, what about the one? What about the one in the basement, though? The, you know, she's 
it, whatever, it's still a mystery. Um, we, I've had quite a few people tell me that they really think that it's, um, Mr. Houghton had a, a daughter that died at the age, I think, four or five. Really? Yes. And she died long before the Houghton Mansion was ever even thought of. She died when he was still in the mayorship and he was a lot younger before he built the house and lived there. So right. could she be attached because it's a family home? Possibly. Um, I've had a few people name it, you know, go down there and call. I think the name was Eleanor. Um and, and we had a few people, you know, go down there, Eleanor, Eleanor, are you there? Are you here? And I almost get upset because I'm like, we don't know if that's her. You know, we don't know. <laughs> you know it, it, it could, it definitely has the impression on everybody who's ever goes down there that it's a small, a small female. Um, that, that's, that's a definite. But other than that, we don't, we don't know. I mean, John Witter shot himself out back. Um, I recently went down to the local, um, newspaper and got all the microfilm from the accident. I got great pictures of the accident and Mr. Witters before he died and you know, a lot of the press from the accident. You know, and you know, it was just a lot of tragedy and a lot of death, you know, that led to um you know, to the place being haunted. In such a short period of time too. Yeah, I mean. in, in eleven days. And yeah. I never knew this, but um the the woman, Miss Hutton, H U T T O N, not Houghton. Right. It's Houghton, who died in the car accident, was actually A.C. Houghton's niece. Oh, I didn't know it that. It was either. actually his niece. I, I did not know that either. Um, oh, my until God. I read the newspaper article, and, you know, and at the, in this article, it actually says, Miss Houghton, near death. The paper had actually printed prior to her dying on her way back to the hospital. Uh, so, you know, Mayor's niece, Miss Houghton, Mayor's niece, or ex-Mayor's niece dies, his daughter, near death. And at that point, you know, the next day was Miss Houghton had died. She, um, the, her face was actually crushed by the uh, car when it rolled over on top of her. Wow. Well, Josh, you're not going to believe us, but we've run out of time. The hour is up already. It's time. So uh, once again, uh, this is Josh Montello of the Berkshire Paranormal in the Houghton Mansion. And November 1st, please join us. I will be there. Josh will be there. Jeff Belanger and a bunch of other stuff. There'll be films. There'll be lectures. And this um, is November stuff, 1st. Plenty of stuff for sale. We'll, we're going to have booths, um, people selling things. Did you say booze? Booth. Booze. If oh, you want to bring booze, BYOB too. And Josh Mantello. And me, of course. And Mantello. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, well, Josh, uh, I, tickets going on sale online or will um, they be at the door? Um, I will have, well, they'll be available at the door and um, information about how to purchase them. We're probably going to be setting up a PayPal very shortly. Um, just keep your eye on BerkshireParanormal.com. Okay, give me the link, and, I, and I'll put that up on my website or as well when you get it up there. Houghton-Mansion.Tripod.com under the events section of that, or go to my, look for my MySpace, Josh Mantello on MySpace, and um, everything will be there as well. Well, good uh, luck with okay. it, uh, Josh, and tell everyone out there we said hello. Absolutely. Uh, it was great hearing from everybody again, and hope to see you soon. Yep, have a All good right. night. You too. Thanks. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Well, all right, we're getting a, a notice that uh, tell the people that the show is next Wednesday. All uh, right, changing that quickly, huh? I, I don't think we're going to I thought we had that live thing to do. Uh, Thursday in night. Yeah, well, we'll have to get back. Anyway, until next time, we want to thank all our listeners. And uh, time to say? Good night, and God and bless. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, 
things that go bump in the night deliver us <laughs> 